Hello everyone and welcome to the EV Underscore Podcast. My name is Nejad Zatryan and I'm the editor of the Creative Tech section here at EVN Report. This week we are continuing our podcast series from Digitech with Tony Safoyan, who joins us to discuss how his company Sada is helping drive cloud solution adoptions and how current trends in the industry will further accelerate more companies moving to the cloud. Lastly, we spoke about Sada's presence in Armenia and what the implementation of new cloud infrastructure will bring to the country's ecosystem. Thank you for listening. Tony, thank you so much for for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Tony, let's get started with just talking about SADA a little bit. Can you tell us about what it is that you guys are working to solve? SADA is in the business of helping organizations transform through the power of cloud technology. Our primary and biggest partner, of course, is Google Cloud, which we feel like is the most innovative tech stack on the planet. And, uh, you know, we serve customers from very traditional enterprises who want to modernize the way that they innovate their products, they serve their customers, etc., uh, we also have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of digital customers who are born in the cloud, who are digital at the founding of their company, but they're always trying to innovate at the edge of how they serve their customers through mobile technology, web technology, geolocation services, AI, ML technology, and so on. So we are the one who brings the customer together with the technology and makes it work, right. to put it very simply. And there's tons of work to do, not just right. here in this market, but all around the world. What does your initial conversation with a customer look like? What are you guys looking to understand before you can advise them on what they can do in the cloud? The most important thing to understand is what their biggest business challenges that they're trying to solve are. We really start at the business impact statement and we work backwards to the technology and the services required to solve those problems. Often they come to us with, you know, um, they need to understand their customers better. They have tons of data around the customers, they have the data, but they don't have insights. So how do you do that? Or they come with, we're growing globally, we need to serve our customers from uh, every geography and we need incredible uptime. We can't have any downtime. We need to be resilient. We need to be in specific geolocations in terms of where the customer data exists and how do we do that. So, and a lot of it, especially in this current macro environment globally is they want to um, contain their costs. How do you contain the cost of technology as the company scales? Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important. Is there kind of a science to determining what makes problem right for a cloud solution? Or is at this point, would you say everything is just moving to the cloud? Uh, I think that, you know, this is more of a philosophical debate. (laughs) I believe that eventually almost everything will move to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And I say that with the awareness of even the most old school and traditional customers like banking and financial systems and healthcare. For example, banking customers are now on a journey for, you know, mainframe modernization, Mm -hmm. moving mainframe technology to the cloud. So when they start speaking in those terms, it really gives me hope that most things will move. Now, there's certainly some critical applications which will need to have a hybrid existence, meaning on-premise and in the cloud. Yeah. Think about manufacturing, think about warehouse technology, think about anywhere where the processing has to be extremely close to where the work is happening, that you can't have the delays related to cloud traffic, even yeah. as fast as they are. So I think hybrid will be around for a very long time. And for certain applications, you need to have a mix. Right. I think one thing a lot of people might be surprised about is how low cloud adoption still is, um, really globally. Are there any trends or things in the cloud space that you're excited about that'll increase cloud adoption? I think that a lot of the delays globally have to do with two or three factors. I think that data location is critical. Google and the other hyperscalers has now been spending a lot of time and money and investment 
putting data centers where certain sovereign data requirements exist right. uh, within certain countries and geographies. Certain companies in certain countries can't go to the cloud unless the hyperscaler can assure that the data is going to be located where they are, right. you know, because of laws and jurisdiction and security. And the other thing is security itself. I think that there was a sort of an expectation in the past that people could secure their data more if it was on premise versus in the cloud. I think the history has proven that wrong. However, security expertise in the cloud is a very uh, hyper specialized area. It's why we're launching, you know, very specific solutions around securing cloud and the cloud security posture. We released an offering called uh, Cloud uh, Security Confidence. Is your offer. own product? Yeah, it's services offer that essentially assesses the security posture of a company, assigns a score, outlines where the vulnerabilities are. We certainly believe if we gain customers' confidence in their security posture, more data you know, and systems will move. And the other sort of issue and one of the reasons we're set up in an amazing office in Armenia and other parts of the world is just talent. Many companies just don't have the talent to do this work themselves. They rely on services companies like SADA and others to help. So it will be continued pressure on the talent supply. And I think it's really important for us not to only just hire the you know all the people we can, but really contribute to the elevation of the supply of talent all around the world by partnering with universities, hiring a lot of junior folks and putting on a great uh, training and certification journey like we're doing in India and Armenia, for example. So it's just, it's a talent issue. Yeah. So getting to Armenia, um, I believe you guys opened your location here more than two years ago now. Yeah. How's the first few years gone so far? Like any new market, we have a lot to learn. It's going really well now with regards to the sort of critical mass and scale uh, we've achieved. And we've discovered a couple of things. One is that setting up operations in Armenia is not just about engineers. We have found tremendous talent in finance, accounting, legal, uh, marketing, creative. I mean, Armenians are an incredibly creative uh, society. I'm very jealous of our, our Yerevan office because it's actually more beautiful than almost every other office we have anywhere in the world. But that was an interesting discovery for me. We right. came in initially thinking it's just about engineering. Right. But I mean, the, some of the other areas that we need help globally can be served also out of Armenia at a very high quality. Uh, and the other thing we learned is there's a lot of uh, multinationals that have a presence here of some kind. So obviously we serve some uh, local companies, um, but we also serve many multinational companies by virtue of just having a presence here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been really helpful. But I'm very excited that we finally have our first regional sales leader mm -hmm. who joined us actually today. She starts today. Fantastic. Her name is Yulia. She's fantastic. So I think we've been opportunistic in how we go to market and trying to serve this from a sales standpoint, serving this country and this region from other places. Mm -hmm. But now we're finally going to have local talent that uh, can help customers on this journey in location much more directly. It's interesting that you guys looked at Armenia as not only just a, a hub for your R&D and things, but as also as Armenia as a market or maybe there's a region as a market, I guess. Yeah. Do you see Armenia as a good place, as a good opportunity for other companies to take care of this part of the world, this region from Yerevan? I think that's what we're trying to prove. Yeah. We think that it can be an incredible launch pad for Central Eastern Europe markets. Yeah. And we also think eventually, probably not this year, but a great hop into the Middle East markets, which are now getting tremendous cloud investment from Google, 
full-on data centers in Saudi Arabia and Qatar and so on. So, you know, Armenia has the benefit of being, as a culture and as a people, very well accepted in these regions. Mm. Eastern Europe and Armenia, very close. Middle East and Armenia, culturally and geopolitically, sort of very aligned in most cases. I think we'll discover that, you know, Yulia is not the first, but not the last in terms of go-to-market people we'll put in this region. That was part of a strategy we're deploying in other regions as well. I really believe that to have the full representation of the company's culture and excitement you can't just have an office that serves other markets, but not your own. Right. You know, it's very different when you also have customers you're serving here. Yeah. It just creates the connective tissue to the culture or the people in the office that they can recognize the brands that they also do services yeah, for, that they're absolutely. not only helping American companies or European companies. No, they're helping Armenian companies. And I think that's a very important part of the cultural fit. For sure. What's something that you've learned, some challenge that you've overcome since bringing Sada to Armenia? What's something you wish you knew? And the lesson maybe you can pass on to other people. Who want to <laughs> I, think, I, I think our friends and colleagues were right to point out to the general lack of engineering talent supply. Hmm. Uh, we didn't doubt that. But until we kind of came here and experienced it and said, you know what? Yeah, they're right. I mean, this is a small country, yeah. not tons of engineers. And we didn't want to come in and just sort of hire engineers from each other, right? We wanted to be active participants in helping create more talent. So we have scholarships at AUA. We have a mentorship program that a couple of our engineers do at the sort of Pickstart Academy. So this, these are all designed to generate more talent. But the other thing we started to do, and Yulia represents that from the go-to-market standpoint, but we're bringing engineers from other countries. Hmm. We have two or three Indian families that have moved here, which is fantastic for them because it's a great place to live, but really helpful to add net new talent to this yeah. country. But also it's very important to be diverse from an experience standpoint. We don't want Armenian engineers in Armenia to have never worked with engineers from other places that have seen other things that potentially have more experience than they do. So we want them to be able to see what great can look like as far as true engineering excellence. You know, we hope to bring many more, mm -hmm. both diaspora. We always dream about more Armenians from Syria, more Armenians from Lebanon and Iran and Kazakhstan and other places. I mean, why not immigrate and come, you know, come back to maybe where your parents or grandparents right. are from and add to the, the population. Obviously, we're benefiting from the um, mass wave of uh, Russian talent that's coming. Our job is to ensure that uh, we can have a home for them, well-paying jobs so that they stay. It's not just a temporary state, but we want this talent. So I think that's another part of the formula is we want, yeah. we want people to move uh, here we, from other I places. I think we have a tendency to always think of Armenia as a place that only Armenians would come to for work and things of that yeah. nature. But we it's sometimes we forget that this is a country and no. people immigrate to countries. And Look, <laughs> I've uh, last time I was here was 2004. It's changed significantly. Anytime you have people like, you know, I'm from America. I mean, this is the epitome of what happens when people from all walks of life come together. You get the best ideas. Yeah, That's exactly what we need here. And we shouldn't think of ourselves as only where diaspora will move back to. Sure. No, yeah. we want That's Indians, <laughs> we want Russians, we want yeah. Europeaners, we want people from Asia. I mean, this is what will make this a, a rich society Absolutely, that yeah. um, 
that competes at a global scale. For sure. That exchange of cultures and experiences, as you put it, is extremely important. And sometimes Critical. it's something we're lacking here, I think I would say. We you know, should we need, be bold about it. Yeah. 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 So there's been a lot of talk lately about expanding cloud infrastructure in Armenia. There was a memorandum of understanding signed a few days ago or last week, I think, between AWS yes. and uh, the high tech ministry. Yes. What's the importance of having a cloud provider like AWS in, in Armenia? Is it something that could be a huge boost to the ecosystem? Look, uh, obviously we compete with AWS, but we see anything of that nature as just an incredibly positive show of momentum and uh, relevance. I mean, the fact that AWS wants to do that and the Armenian government has foresight to want to sign such a memorandum is incredible news. We think that uh, something like that just lifts all boats mm -hmm. and it just tells you how tech forward this government is. I mean, they should have memorandums of understanding with all the clouds. I mean, For that's sure. the objective, right? And let the best players win. But uh, it's an incredibly positive um, show of maturation for this market. Obviously, Armenian companies today have access to cloud uh, services. Mm -hmm. What's something tangible that having that infrastructure here would give us? So I'm not familiar with the details of what the memorandum of understanding entails. Just in general, yeah. But I think that any deal that shows that, you know, potentially if you could extrapolate and maybe, you know, sometime in the future, you know, actual cloud zones in the country, I mean, that would be a huge, fabulous step. It's what the larger countries are getting. There's data centers in Poland and Qatar and, you know, everywhere, right? Yeah. So uh, could it be hyperscaler cloud data centers here one day? Maybe. But uh, I can't really comment on the details of it because I'm not familiar with right. okay. what the deal is. Yeah. And Tony, our last question, what's next for SADA in general, but also in Armenia? <laughs> what's next is continued but measured investment. It's still a very strange macro environment. So we're being very cautious with our investments. But what we want to prove now with our first sales leader starting is that we can actually make this a go-to-market hub, not just a delivery hub for Armenian companies and regional companies uh, in the Caucasus as well as Eastern Europe. And as we see success there, we'll continue to invest behind that. But uh, I'm just incredibly amazed by the talent of new generation, especially and people that have been here for a long time that want to work in tech. And uh, I'm just so overjoyed to spend time with them this yeah. week. The go-to-market component is what really interested me about our conversation today because, again, like I said, oftentimes you hear about companies opening up offices in Armenia just as an R&D hub. And sometimes I think that sort of limits the growth of local talent for skills like go-to-market, which is so important. Um, Look, when, when I drive down the street in L.A. Yeah. and I see, you know, whatever, Warner Media, I'm yeah. like, that's our customer. That's so cool. Right. Like, I want, you know, I want people here to be able to drive down the street and be like, that's our customer. Like that gives it a completely different Ownership, character right, yeah. of pride and also hopefully talent attraction than just say, oh, we work for American companies. I mean, that's that's a yeah. good starting point, but uh, selling locally makes a difference. For sure. We do the same thing in India. It's fantastic. Same thing in the UK. It's fantastic. These are not just delivery hubs. These are incredible markets with potential and we want to address local customers as well yeah building that capacity i think is super a super important next yeah. step for growing the ecosystem yeah. tony thank you so much for your time today thanks for having me appreciate it thank you